Oh, here come the big bats. It's our first base preview. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. It is Wednesday, February 21st. I've been very much looking forward to the first base preview. I love first. There are so many good first basemen. Celebrate first base with me, guys. Yeah, first base. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, am I really going to spend a second-round pick on a first baseman when there's like 40 of them I can start? Really though, is, you could start two. That's a thing. Start you could two, start three, and rotate. Scott, right. Scott what I did generally has in the, uh, in the NL only auction. Yeah, NL only participating in the NL only auction like a champ yesterday. Like, right. you, he was into it. Couple quick things yeah. before we really get into the first base preview. Number one, Scott had a big dilemma yesterday. He wanted to know. He had a long auction right in the afternoon. How long did it take? And four long, and a half hours. Four and a half. It was a really big decision. What did you have for lunch? I know you were stressing over it. What did you eat? I through the I had uh, the chicken tenders dinner from Publix. That and it was the worst terrible. I've ever had. Oh my! That, you, that was like the worst. We gave like five better options off the air. You went with that. That's a terrible. Publix thing. They're has, usually delicious. They have amazing chicken wings. They they do. All right. Publix usually does chicken well. They they failed in this in this attempt. Next item of business. Chris just said before we started the show that Creed is the best Rocky ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a For terrible sure. take, and For I sure. want you guys to just drill him about that on it's tomorrow's a, show. It's a John, I believe, is the the term that they use in that movie, right? I don't know, and it's I will a say terrible that, take. No. It's got the ATV scene where they're riding down. Oh, it's great. We have had, like, probably 50 movie takes worse than that one. I'm not going to say Chris is right, but it's in the discussion. No, it, oh, <laughs> terrible. All right, anyway, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, but Scott, Heath, and Chris are going to take you through the news. You know, we'll talk about Hosmer today, but, like, everything that's been going on over the last few days, including J.D. Martinez, including the uh, Steven Souza trade and Corey Dickerson getting DFA'd. That will be on tomorrow's show and your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Let's start with this with first base. Give me some first basemen you frequently find yourself drafting and then the ones that you avoid. You've done a lot of drafts, some mocks, some real. Who are the first basemen that you often find yourself drafting? I think first on the list for me is Matt Olson. It's specifically in categories league. I'm not as interested in points leagues, but I think he is just going to be... I mean, he already was last year in the the partial season we saw him. A monster power hitter. 48 home runs between the majors and minors last year. Um, it was on like a 70 homer pace in the majors. Obviously, he's not going to sustain, but I think his batted ball profile, I mean, 40, maybe even pushing 50 home runs doesn't seem... Uh, doesn't seem too Scott, crazy to me. Scott, does it concern you that he had two more doubles in the majors than I did? <laughs> not oh, really. Actually, my favorite stat about Matt Olson is that he had 49 hits and 24 of them were homers. Yeah, that's Mark McGuire stuff right there. Yeah. I, uh, you're not skeptical? You're not like this was kind of... Not really, no. I okay. mean, he it was. it's a good fly ball percentage, good hard contact percentage, good pull percentage, exactly what you want to see from a power hitter, and he was doing it in the minors. 59 games for Matt Olson, 24 home runs. Chris, who's one that you find yourself drafting a lot first base? Just based on the value, I tend to get Matt Carpenter in nearly every draft that we do. He's usually available in the 12th through 15th rounds, and the the upside for him is top 10. Yeah, he is going – Matt Carpenter is currently going in like the 13th round uh, in in ADP on Fantasy Pros, which is Roto, I believe. Yes. So, And he's worse than Roto. So Matt Carpenter, definitely dropping. Uh, Heath, who do you often draft? I don't believe I have an answer to this. 
Okay. And maybe it goes along with what I just said, but I have drafted a, most of the first baseman outside of my top seven. I've drafted Edwin Encarnacion. I drafted Reese Hoskins in a draft. I've drafted Jose Abreu. I've drafted Will Myers. I've drafted Joey Gallo multiple. I guess maybe Joey Gallo is the one I've drafted the most, but usually it's for third base. Uh, I've drafted Matt Carpenter. I've drafted Ian Desmond, Chris Davis. I have not been picky with my first baseman. But a lot of the guys you just said are mid to late round picks. Yes, okay. that's correct. Okay, and then I guess you know I, I like Greg Bird, but I've also been drafting Miguel Cabrera a lot. Those have just been mocks. I haven't done any real drafts yet. And I'm usually drafting him in like round five, but in Fantasy Pros ADP, Miguel Cabrera is going early round eight. I think we'd all be pretty excited to take him there, right? We would. I haven't had a chance to yet, probably because yeah. you keep taking him. But it would <laughs> and be I feel like I have to pull the point. trigger in round five because he's not going to get to me in round and, six. Maybe I'm wrong. And I think round five's a little early. I agree. I, I, I love the idea of a Miguel Cabrera bounce back, but that's that's a price that's hard to justify paying, I think. And you all can right. make the argument for it. It's just you have to count on some data that we don't know if is reliable. I like Miggy at the end of the sixth. Okay. I, I haven't got him there yet. I will start looking for Cabrera in the sixth. Who are you avoiding at first base, Heath? Eric Hosmer. Uh, I was avoiding him before he went to San Diego. I'm writing about him today in my uh, Roto article of avoiding. Like Eric Hosmer apparently is being drafted higher because of what we think is a safe floor. There's not a ton of upside for a guy that just does not hit the ball in the air. And he's not going to be in a great offense, and he's not in a great park. I'm staying away from Eric Hosmer. Okay, Hosmer is uh, hes the 10th first baseman off the board, and he's going in round 7. Now, if you look at in round 7 in a 12-team league, if you look at fantasy pros, you will see some first basemen on there if you just sort by first base, like Buster Posey, um, Marwin Gonzalez. I took those guys out. I, I'm really going with just the primary, the guys that you're going to play at first base. So Hosmer's 10th there, behind Will Myers. Generally speaking, if a if player's eligible anywhere but first base, you're probably going to play him at that other position. Right. Generally speaking. Yeah, maybe not outfield, but yeah. yes, generally speaking. Okay, Chris, you're avoiding who? Or whom? Whom? Justin who? Smoke. I just don't... <laughs> I don't buy the one good half season that we've seen from him. Like, his second half was okay. It was like a low 800s OPS. 824. And I could see him doing that again next season but like 240 30 plus homers is there that much value in that especially when you've got to draft him what the he's going around top 12 14th yeah. F on fantasy pros ahead of Matt Olson round 12 for smoke right in the range of of Matt Olson Joey Gallo Matt Carpenter Carlos Santana actually way way ahead of well no around ahead of Carlos Santana but smoke ahead of Carpenter and Santana it's probably Probably doesn't work for you, right? I'd rather have those other two. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather wait on on Carpenter, who's going a couple rounds later. Um, right. I'd rather have Olsen for the upside, just because we haven't seen him fail for six years. Look, it's it's entirely possible that Justin Smoke is just a brand new player, um, but there's a drastic difference between the first half version and the second half version. The second half version looks a little jaggy at first base. And Scott, who are you avoiding at first base? So this is a fun answer. Um, Ooh. I'm going to say Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, so his ADP is still third overall. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's enough time since the Humidor news. Yeah, to, I don't know either. I can tell you that he went for, I think, $34 in our NL only 
auction yesterday, which was less than Freddie Freeman. It was the same price as Joey Votto. So he definitely, and, you know, he's the one of those three that steals bases, uh, which is, of course, important in a Roto League. So uh, he was definitely, he definitely got downgraded there. If he gets downgraded like that everywhere, then maybe I will have some shares in Paul Goldschmidt. I've dropped him to 11th in my head-to-head rankings and 10th in my Roto rankings. Okay. And I don't expect I'll be drafting him in any leagues because of that. Maybe I'm wrong. There's obviously a point where I'd still draft him. Uh, but this humidor thing is nothing short of terrifying to me. Like, I I think offense is just I, – I like It's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's – I compare it to when the, the – and I know this is like an old reference that maybe nobody even remembers. Ooh. But I compare it to like when the Padres moved from Qualcomm to Petco back when Petco was bigger than it is now. And it was just a ridiculous pitcher's park. And Brian Giles went from being this MVP caliber player to barely hitting 20 home runs. I don't remember that. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So okay. that's – if anybody if anybody gets that reference. I always appreciate a Brian Giles reference yeah. on the pod. Uh, all right, so look, it, it doesn't. When we say we're avoiding these guys, it doesn't mean they're like completely on our do not draft list. It, list. It's at their current ADP, and uh, yeah, all right, I think that's pretty clear. So, I just a quick note about your emails. We're setting a record. We're getting so many emails. I'm thrilled about it. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. This is not the best time of year for emails because we don't really have time on the position previews. But I will try to get at least one mailbag show in every week. So tomorrow will be. Notes, you know, news items plus mailbag plus holds, plus yeah, we should talk about. Well, that's <laughs> I put a star next to I put a star next to the email said, "Hey, how come we didn't talk about holds?" So you guys can talk about holds on tomorrow's show. Um, all right, so fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Just be aware we're not reading that many currently. I will try to when I have some downtime to respond to some, uh, just reply to them. Somebody decided to stay a listener, like gave our show a shot. Chris, I think, I'm not sure if you saw this, decided to stick with us when they heard our Gin Blossoms take, that they're the most underrated band of the 90s. Anywhere we go, he'll you follow us. Follow us down. Underrated band of the 90s. Yeah, I don't know that I'd argue with that. They're so good. Scott, do you know any Gin Blossoms <laughs> I have no songs? idea who they are. Hey, Jealousy? I've heard that song yeah, before. Right, we'll, sure. make it, I'm, I'm, we'll make you a mix. you got to love a rock song with harmonica. I mean... True. Blues it's, Traveler. It's uh, all right, so... Um, what are your thoughts on first base? I had a I had a thought as I was, you know, looking at it last night before the show. I had a thought, but I want to know just like an overall thought, a one liner about first base. There's so many. There are so many. It is deep. <laughs> the tagline of the movie, <laughs> first base. Upside is all I care about. I could not care less about safety at first base. Okay, that's why like a Hosmer is not going to interest yeah. you, right, Scott? <laughs> Give me all I can roster, because there are there is a wealth. And he means this. Like we do roto drafts, and we get eight rounds in, and Scott has three first basemen. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's and it's kind corner of, infield, first base, and utility. Yeah, and it's kind of frustrating because then there ends up being more I want. Right. That's, or so like another that, third. Don't you have a little remorse at the end of the draft when you're like, oh man, I could take Matt Olson here, but I have literally nowhere to put him except my bench. Yep. Um, it depends. It depends who the first baseman are. Like if one of them is Edwin Encarnacion, who's, you know, he, he hits for power. Sure. But he's not that like, he, he doesn't have this unique skill set that you can only find with him. Then yeah, I regret it. But you know, Will Myers, 
is a first baseman who can steal you 20 bases. That's you know, that makes him unique and and you know somebody who would be hard to replace. Matt Olson, that kind of power potential for as late as you can get that. I never regret taking Matt Olson. It just but late. But that's the thing. Like if yeah. you had to take him, in the, if you had well, to take Will Matt Myers, Olson, I usually take him like round twelve. So it's not exactly late. Okay, so if that's when you're getting your third one, that's fine. But you don't want three first basemen in eight picks, right? No, right. Okay. Um, here was my thought on it. Kind of an interesting position is you look at like Goldschmidt's a little bit different now because of the humidor. But you look at most of the top guys. I feel like we basically know what to expect. Like, these guys are are fairly easy to predict, and obviously it's sports, so it's not going to happen like that. But Vado, Rizzo. Goldschmidt had been extremely consistent. Freeman, but, I mean, Encarnacion. Like, don't you feel like thing, we kind of well, know what the, we're getting into with most of these the high-end first basemen? about baseman? first base is if you put together a list of the 15 best hitters in baseball over the last three or four years, all of those guys would be on it. Freddie Freeman, Joey Votto, Paul Goldschmidt, Anthony Rizzo, Edwin yeah. Encarnacion. Like, that's, that's the big thing is that the best hitters tend to be really good year over year. The best hitters also tend to be first basemen. No, it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's it's like you're taking Aaron Judge. There's no reliability there. There are so many ways that could go. Mookie Betts, we saw a big fluctuation. I'm, you take any of those first four first basemen. <laughs> what did it? Did I curse yeah, almost? I think you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think you did. Fluctuation. I said. Yeah. Well, you said something before. All this. right. All right. I'll have to listen back to it. Maybe get <laughs> maybe get the bleeps out. But I like you take any of those four first basemen. Feel pretty good about it. I mean, even though Goldschmidt's yeah. been downgraded, like these guys are extremely consistent, extremely reliable. I and think that there's still some question. Like Goldschmidt, there's question because of the humidor. Votto, there's a little question because of the age. Yeah. Freeman, there's reason to doubt whether he is truly a top five or six hitter in baseball, or if he's just a really, really great third or fourth round pick. Rizzo hasn't really quite ever lived up to what we thought like the upside we've never seen the upside Rizzo season or we have well, it depends, and it's not as high as we think it, it depends is. what format you're talking about because okay. Rizzo I think has a pretty big gap in terms of head-to-head versus Roto value fair uh, he's legitimately elite in head-to-head Roto um, he might be a more expensive Edwin Encarnacion in Roto but I don't know I don't even I don't even doubt Freeman like if I have doubts about Freeman it's the fact that he seems to get injured once a year. Yeah, uh, it's not so much about uh, production because that's that's a year and a half trend now of him being one of the top five hitters in baseball. So I don't really doubt that with him. I, I'm more with Adam on this. Like I feel like because there's four of them, you probably don't need to draft one in the first round, except for maybe Goldschmidt if you want the steals. Um, but there's a clear enough gap between those four and the rest. That early second round, that's you know, that's a pretty high priority for me to get one of those. If and, I can't, yeah. if get you know, if it's, if I'm not going after Kluber or Sale or one of the the you know few elite aces, and they're all other than Goldschmidt, they're all going in the second round. Votto seventeenth, Freeman and Rizzo twenty first, basically the same ADP. I also forgot to mention Jose Abreu, pretty damn predictable. Um, and Edwin Encarnacion, probably predictable, but there are there is some, some there are some risks. Yeah. Right, but the strikeouts have been up the last two years, yeah. so I guess and the age and he's really and this old. is a little more if risk. Anything, there. Really Edwin Arcano has, has been the most predictable of the three. <laughs> but is he this year? Because because if he were, he's a second round <laughs> this pick. This is and the issue that I run into with Edwin Encarnacion is the bottom's going to drop out at some point. Sure, like it does for every player except for David Ortiz um, and maybe Nelson Cruz. 
<laughs> so how you're kind of if the bottom drops out this year, you're committed to riding that out for at least two months, right? Yes. Because he was awful in April last year. Like, it looked like he was just done yeah. in April. He had, like, a 33% strikeout rate. He wasn't hitting for power. He signed a big contract. He was nervous. End of story. <laughs> well, <laughs> but if he gets off to a slow start in April this year, you have to ride that out because he pulled out of it last year, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah, can't yeah, give course. up on him. He actually has a history of being, long history of being a slow starter. But what if he's bad in May? Equally bad. He was bad for 41 games. And he, he wasn't great in OPS. May last year either. He had like an 830 OPS. I'm probably riding him out through May, but I, oh, I yes, get your sure. point. I get, right, but that's the, is what right. if this is the year it's, it happens? Yeah. He might just sink your season. That was, um, that was always my um, issue with drafting like Chris Carter is that, okay, you could assume he's going to hit 200 with 40 home runs and that'll be valuable, but the ride getting there is going to like cause you to question it so often that you're probably going to get off before you actually get those numbers. So yeah, I don't. That, do you think that he's like he's seven months older than Joey Votto? He's I going, think I think Joey Votto's skill set, yeah, will and has aged better. Well, what I was going to say about I mean, because I mean, he's got better. Joey Votto, right, Joey Votto has improved since yeah, he got he to thirty. That's um, that's the big difference. Is that Edwin Edwin Encarnacion has slipped. We have seen signs of Edwin Encarnacion's skill set slipping. They're not big, but like, his they're strikeout not rate showing up in the numbers. But, well, no, his strikeout rate's gone up the last couple of years. That's He's the still thing. hitting for a lot of power, but there are signs of slipping. I mean, there's a there's, reason there's why cracks. Encarnacion is the eighth first baseman off the board. Cracks are beginning signs. to show for Edwin Encarnacion. And Joey Votto, I mean. the skill set, like the underlying, not, I'm not even talking about the, the triple slash, the home runs, the RBI. The underlying skill set for Joey Votto looks better in 2017 than it ever had before. Like yeah. He walked more than he struck out. His strikeout rate was a career low. He hit for, I think, some of the best power of his career, if not the best. Now, that's juiced ball related. But, and look, it, it might not be anything. It might be random. It might just be Edwin Encarnacion had one bad month and Joey Votto didn't. But the trends are pointing in different directions. Okay, so last thing on that. You know you're going to get a better batting average in OBP from, from Votto. From from all those guys in Encarnacion, he's not a great batting average guy, so that's why he goes a little bit lower. But if you think that Encarnacion just had bad 41 games, and then after that, his walk-to-strikeout ratio is basically 1-1, to he was awesome for the final uh, four and a half months of the season. Yep. So I'm just trying to get the exact numbers. But it doesn't matter. We know he was great, right? If you think 949 OPS at 116 games, there you go. If you think that Encarnacion is just fine... Then you don't have to take a second. You don't have to take a first baseman in the second round. You take Encarnacion in the fourth round, and you'll be very happy with that production. He's the eighth first baseman off the board, going after Reese Hoskins. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more broadly about the position and talk about strategies and such. After I tell you about the commissioner product, we've gotten some people to already sign up and convert and get on CBSSports.com. Go to CBSSports.com/fbt to start your league today. Again, it's CBSSports.com/fbt. Why should you play on CBS Sports? Because it's awesome. It's customizable. You can create your own stat categories. You can do 5x5, five 7x7, five, seven 5x1, seven, five whatever the hell you want. You can adjust scoring by position. You can change your points leagues to however you like it. If you think wins count for too many points, then just change that, whatever you want to do. Uh, we have a very deep player pool with minor leaguers and, and a feature to add your own player. And you can swap picks up to three years in advance, so it's great for Dynasty. We've got the best Shohei Otani policy. You can use him as either a starting pitcher or a DH. Uh, you just have to declare how you want to use Otani. So there was only one Otani. Anyway, look, it's great. We love it. 
CBSSports.com slash FBT. Sign up for the commissioner. CBSSports.com slash FBT. All right. Your overall first base strategy. I think Heath's been pretty clear. Like to wait on first base, but yeah. but you are not opposed to taking one of these studs. No, no, and I will take Encarnacion in the fourth for sure, happily. Now, I guess the question is like, you get to the second round and Chris Bryant or Joey Votto, you know, or whoever your number two second baseman is, right? Like, what do you do? And Manny Machado, maybe he's there, maybe not anymore. That well, that's the thing. Like, shortstop. would you rather have Edwin and Encarnacion and Manny Machado or Joey Votto and? Nobody at shortstop there. Seager won't still be there. <laughs> oh, maybe like Elvis Andrews. Andrews, Lindor. Yeah, yeah, that's early. It's too that's early, early for Elvis that's Andrews. Early. Is there a fourth-round shortstop out there? No, but maybe it's like Brian Dozier. We don't, it doesn't have to yeah, be Yeah, he's a not really getting to the fourth in Roto, but... Yeah, I'm having trouble here. <laughs> Who are the fourth-round picks? Some, somebody... For, first base. Uh, for pitchers. Yeah. It is. Yeah, Carrasco. That's, that's a dominant pitcher. But around. again, I would rather have Scherzer and Encarnacion than Votto and Grinky. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, well, don't, then, I don't know. That what, that's what, if that's, clear, what if that's Hoskins instead choice. of Encarnacion? Then yeah, it's, I'm good with that. You're good with that. Yeah, I don't know that it's a clear choice. I mean, there are clear, there are definite safety concerns within both Encarnacion and Hoskins that I don't think exist for either of the pitchers. What about what about Votto and Hoskins? That's what Scott would do. I mean, but if you want just the best hitters, you probably do want to take two first basemen relatively early. Just because those guys are so much better than everyone else. Well, Hoskins outfield eligible, so that makes it, that makes it a little easier. All right. Well, I guess we'll look at like the second round, right? Um, we're talking Sale, Kluber, Bryant, Carlos Correa. I'm not seeing him going 14th in our drafts. Aaron Judge, Joey Votto, Machado, Freddie Freeman, Rizzo, Lindor. I don't know. If I did like three drafts, I might take a different player in every one. Like, they're all great. The first baseman are probably going to put up better numbers, but they play a deeper position. Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted just one player to put up the best numbers, I would take Votto over Lindor. But, you know, I would take Freeman and Rizzo over Lindor, but Lindor's a shortstop. So, is there a right answer? You know? Or is it just your preference? Well, okay. So, first baseman who I would feel good about being a starter for me. And we'll we'll include Goldschmidt in there because yeah at some point if he falls far enough sure i'd feel good about him as my first baseman so goldschmidt freeman Votto, rizzo bellinger abreu hoskins um encarnacion cabrera will myers in a roto league carlos santana in a points league i mean that's i think if you don't get one of those then you're talking about well you may have a real weakness at first base relative to your competition now maybe matt olson will be so good that you know, he'll end up measuring up to that group. Maybe Matt Carpenter will have a bounce back season and measure up to that group, but I don't think you can count on it. I think so that's an important I, list. I think you, let's go through that again. Okay, so it's Goldschmidt, Freeman, Votto, Rizzo, Cody Bellinger, Jose Abreu, Reese Hoskins, Edwin Encarnacion, Miguel Cabrera, and then I would say Will Myers in a Roto League and Carlos Santana in a Points League. Do you include Matt Carpenter in a Points League? Or is I he don't. behind that? Okay. I don't. Nope. All right. So what is that like? Ten guys or so? Let me count it up here. Sorry. <laughs> well, you you do that in your head, but I think that's an important that's an important strategy, right? Because you you're certainly going to, in all likelihood, end up with more than one first baseman on your roster. But your starting first baseman, you don't want to wait too long. Uh, you don't want to wait past what nine, ten guys. Santana? I gave you I gave you eleven total names, but you know 
10 of each. Yeah, 10 for each format. 10 points, 10 Roto with Will Myers and Roto and Carlos Santana in points. All right, that's a good strategy. And, um, yeah, I certainly got to know the formats because Myers is definitely better in Roto and Santana. And I would say Carpenter's better in points. He is better in points. But he's yeah, not I quite just, up I just to. don't know. I don't know that he's good anymore. He wasn't last year. There are reasons. There are in, in the batted ball data, you know, good hard contact rate um, combined with a high fly ball percentage. He should have been a great power hitter last year. He wasn't. He dealt with injuries, but he's also dealing with injuries already this spring. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know that you can count on Matt Carpenter. So since we don't value Goldschmidt as number three overall, we value him closer to the other top four first baseman of Votto, Rizzo, Freeman. Um, with Goldschmidt, Votto, Rizzo, Freeman, would you take the following players ahead of them? Carlos Correa. Yes. Sure. Um, I would not take Correa over Votto. Or, Votto I mean, or over Goldschmidt. Over Goldschmidt. Right. Uh, Machado, same thing. Same yes, thing. I mean I'm I'm putting Goldschmidt ahead of them because he is still a little ahead of those other three. But yeah, but I'm taking Machado and Correa over all the rest of the first baseman, not including Goldschmidt. Right. And finally, Chris Bryant. Yes, same. I <laughs> so it's Goldschmidt, Bryant, then the rest of the first baseman. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough for me to say because it's like. It depends on where it is. Depends on what I did with potentially my first pick. Like Chris Bryant's a guy that I could look at this time next year and say that he's one of the top three picks. And that wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, I don't. Those names Adam just mentioned. Some of them are gonna. They're probably gonna be like two of that group that are gonna go in the first round. Maybe Bryant. We've seen Freeman go in the first round before. We've seen Votto go in the first round. Correa, like. Like this is, I, I I don't know that it's a really really a context thing. These are your first two picks. Well, the, they are. Like, I I am happy to draft sure. any of these people within. Like I I'm sorry that's not that helpful, but you're drawing such thin distinctions. Right. It's just like it kind of depends on and in how a points I feel league, on I, any given day. In a points league, I draft the big, the big four pitchers before those other first basemen. Do you take the four first basemen ahead of Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, not Ramirez. Yes, Lindor. I've right. I've also gone two starting pitchers yeah. with my first two. Picks. I understand. Just, I'm just I'm just trying yeah. to get your preference on hitters. Um, and then the earliest you'll take your your number one first baseman. It's Goldschmidt for everybody still. Yep. Is when eleventh for Scott, eleventh in points, tenth in Roto. Same wish you around then. If I, if I'm eighth or later, if he's there. <laughs> I mean, if we had done this podcast a week ago, I would have said third. Right? I you know, love. Like, can we yeah. just can we just spend the rest of the podcast trying to get Chris to nail down I'm not exact moments when he will take players? Well, <laughs> and like either ors. Can we do a Stanton Norvato in Roto? Stanton. No. <laughs> Stanton or Goldschmidt? That's the question. Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. Okay. <laughs> See, um, part of the problem is Chris chance... doesn't have actual rankings this year, and Heath and I do, so he's just kind of having to wing it. But there's right? also but like there's True. also specifically with Paul Goldschmidt, this could have a 3% reduction on his offense, in which case we're probably overreacting and he's still going to be a top-five player. It's, or it could have a 25% re- right. reduction on his offense or a 35% reduction on his, on his offense, and then he's a third-round pick. But it's pick. our job to take or, a stand. Or take a stand. it could have a 25% reduction on his hitting stats, and then he steals 32 bases, and it doesn't matter, and he's a top-five player anyway. Like it, <laughs> In it's, Roto. It's In a points, really hard... It's a really hard question to answer right now based on what we don't know about the humidor. 
Well, when when he when Paul Goldschmidt in 2016 hit 297 with 24 homers and 32 steals, he was still the number one first baseman in fantasy, even with 24 homers, and he was a top seven hitter in fantasy. Mm-hmm. He had great plate discipline, so you know that's you know 110 walks. It's always going to help him in points. And he leaks. stole 34. 32, 32 bases in, in with, only 37 well, attempts. Yeah, he was only caught five times. So yeah, so you know um, that's what I that's what I hope this leads to. I mean, I do expect a reduction of some home runs to some level. Hopefully, still at least like 25. Uh, it's just will that lead him to stealing 30 bases again? Because that's the only year he's done that. I don't uh, know. All right, give me some sleepers, breakouts, and bust. Scott, we'll start with you. Who's your favorite sleeper, first baseman? My favorite sleeper at first base. Um, somebody else has one; they can jump ahead of me. I had could, to. I how had could to, Scott have known we were going to do favorite sleeper at first base? Like, I got one. All right, I'm sorry for the with, new I, segment. I, I had <laughs> to. Uh, I'll go with someone that I had to cajole Heath into moving inside of his top three hundred. That's Yuli Gurriel, who had a really good season last year. He doesn't stand out anywhere except batting average, but. You know what? One thing that I really like is taking Yuli Gurriel as my corner infielder or utility guy on a team where I drafted Billy Hamilton. And all of a sudden I need some batting average. That's a guy who's probably going to hit 300. And actually, a lot of the mid to late round first baseman, like you're hoping for power, but you're not really expecting batting average. So Gurriel actually was going to bring that up. Gurriel might be the best... He One of the like best a, late sources of batting average. Yeah, he had like an 11% strikeout rate. This is probably a true talent 300 hitter. And he now, that is, means he could fluctuate and hit 280. He's the 25th first baseman off the board. Yeah. Like true first baseman. Uh, all right, so Gurriel, I like that. That's a sleeper. Scott? All right, so this, in my mind at least, is an even sleepy, sleepy, sleepier sleeper. All right. But um, I'd, I'd be interested to see how his ADP compares to uh, Gurriel. And it's Jose Martinez, who I think could do a lot of the same things as Gurriel. Has the kind of batted ball profile with the line drive rate, the uh, the hard contact, the all fields hitting that lends itself to a high BABIP, possibly a batting average over three hundred. Uh, the biggest issue for Jose Martinez is will he play close to full time? Because that's what he was doing last September when he was hitting like three fifty and getting the Cardinals back in the playoff race. But that means Matt Carpenter shifts over to third base, and the Cardinals don't seem entirely comfortable with playing him there on a full-time basis. They still have Jed Jerko, who could play there also. Uh, there's really not room in the outfield for Jose Martinez anymore. So it's just, is he going to hit his way? Is he going to hit to the point that Mike Matheny can't take him out of the lineup, which happened last September? I think it could happen again. But since there is that question of playing time, I don't know that he's a standard mixed-league draft pick. At least, uh, you know, not maybe like in a five outfielder league he is. But okay, that's Jose Martinez, who was really good against lefties, not so great against righties. But he was uh, fine against righties. He's fine. He Four twenty-seven slugging. Lefties. Yeah, yeah eight forty-seven slugging. Um, Chris, your ADP boy. I'll let you give his ADP if you'd like, but I do have it in front of me. It's up it's to you. Three hundred ninth overall, like 29th among true first basemen. Okay, so later than Gurriel, as it should be. No, it's two hundred ninety-sixth overall. You have to. Terrible. We never know which, oh, no, which I'm going column with the, to look. I'm at. going <sighs> with the order in which they are being drafted. Okay, well, yeah. that's I'm looking at. Which pick he's being drafted with? I think what Adam's looking at is called their average draft position. Right, your ADP boy, Chris. Uh, like you got to know this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with, with the, Chris on their this. ADP rank. All team, right, so team Cot, <laughs> uh, team Cot. Um, 
So, Heath is sleeper. <laughs> we, got, we got Yuli Gurriel and Jose Martinez, and? I will go with a player not being drafted in the top 300. Whoa, currently. the sleepiest of sleepers. The sleepiest of sleepers that is moving up in my rankings during today's podcast, that if you look at the latest update on CBS Sports, I says know he is entering spring atop the depth chart yep. at first base in Coors Field. Coors. Ryan McMahon. Where's that? Uh, Ryan McMahon, oh. Coors Field with the pool. Coors. Um, all right, Ryan McMahon. Good For stuff. Um, yeah, no, he had like his his minor league numbers last year were incredible, like 350, 20 home runs. And the best thing about Rockies minor leaguers is like they are in an incredible offensive environment in the minors. That's true. But you can't say that because they're probably well, going to a better one. At Double A, he was just as good last year. Yeah. So it's not like he was just thriving at Colorado Springs. Um, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Oh, he used to be Colorado Which Springs. actually, Albuquerque might actually have a higher elevation than Coors Field. I'm just as a... No, for, well, as a as a way to just, just argue just something saying. I said. <laughs> the, the thing that would ruin McMahon as a sleeper is if they re-sign Mark Reynolds, which has been... Rumored all off season that they're still interested in him, so we'll see. But yeah, I was I was surprised actually that McMahon's uh, at least right now has first dibs at that role that they're going to leave Ian Desmond in left rather than because I I had been assuming Desmond would be the guy at first if if uh, Reynolds wasn't since they have so many outfielders. Desmond is first base eligible, right? Yes, he's and like uh, the thirteenth first baseman. He's the twelfth first baseman off the board. Stolen bases and yep. just yeah. assuming that he's going to turn it around. It's a he big could. assumption. He, he broke his hand and he missed spring training in the beginning of the year, so maybe that like threw him off. Sixty-three ground ball. Well, that's the thing, but that that wasn't like some insane. outlier season for him. He's been around sixty. He's one of the. Well, most, that was an outlier for him. But he's been one of the most he, ground he's been ball a high heavy. ground ball guy. Sure, he's not going to have some gigantic power you, surge in course. Field. You're uh, you're not. Well, I mean, he's been a power hitter in the past, right? Yeah, like 20, 20 Yeah, I'm homers. saying he's never going he's not gonna be a thirty homer guy in course. Alright guys, let's go to breakouts here. We'll go a little bit quicker so we can get to ADP. Who's your favorite breakout first baseman, Heath? Uh, I guess I can't use Ryan McPan- McMahon because I just used him, so I'll say Joey Gallo. <laughs> Alright. I mean there are obvious warning signs here. Somebody who strikes out that much hits two ten, but look he hit two thirty in the second half. He, he really did. turned things around. If he hits two thirty He's probably a top five first baseman no. in Roto. He might. I mean, no. in Roto, he's killing no. you in a category. He's top killing you in a category. Five. Get he, out of here. He's going to lead baseball in home runs. He, he may yeah, be top a, 12. But he's this is the thing. I, I pointed this out last week at some point. He hit 40 homers last year. Right. He was not an everyday player. We expect him to play every day if he hits. If he hits Why? 230. Why? I can't hit lefties. If he hits 230, he's playing every day. He. He batted two twenty. Well, he's I guess that's two hundred against everybody. <laughs> All right, but his slugging, pers- yeah, he, he was okay. Yeah, he was fine against. Lefties. And this is he something that I I don't think he had much more power. Chris lefties. totally agrees with me on, which is really really weird. I know, but like he hit two oh nine. He struck out thirty seven percent of the time. Basically, I don't expect he's going to strike out thirty seven percent of the time every year from this point forward. I I that that was his first full season in the major leagues. He so, struck out forty six percent of the time. Back in 2015, when they gave him a month, I expect that eventually well, to get down to around 33. Such a huge strikeout. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like 37 percent is but, not that far off from where he was in the minors. But this will bolster your argument. In the second half last year, he lowered his fly ball rate, got more line drives, 
dropped the strikeout rate a little. And that's like those two combined are partly why he was able to hit 230. Like I I do think that is something he can carry over into next year and maybe legitimately be a 230 hitter, maybe be what Adam Dunn was. And with his walk rate, he could have a 350 on base percentage with a 230 average. Uh, all right, well, he'd be better in OBP because Gallo certainly walks. So that's your breakout. Who would you take him over? Um, I would take him over Eric Cosmer. Wow. Uh, well, you don't have to. That's the good, that's the good news. Their ADPs are very far apart, as I think, anyway. Oh, yes. I do care about batting average, though. Uh, Chris, breakout. Uh, Scott, which first-year player are you going to go with? I'm going to go with the one I already talked about. Okay, then I'll go with Reese Hoskins. Yeah. If you look at... Uh, if you look at just the underlying skill set that Reese Hoskins showed last season, he looked like arguably the most talented rookie in 2017. And that's saying something because it was a pretty historic rookie class. Strikeout to walk ratio was almost even. Hit like Had like a 40% hard contact rate. Hit a bunch of line drives. There's a chance that in a year we're talking about this guy as a better version of Anthony Rizzo. Okay, Reese Hoskins. Scott, Matt Olson. Yeah, Matt Olson, who I think is an even better version of Joey Gallo, doesn't strike out as much, I think has a higher floor. All right, we got Gurriel, Jose Martinez, and Ryan McMahon as sleepers. We got Gallo, Hoskins, and Olson as breakouts. And Scott, a bust at first base. So one we haven't talked about yet uh, is one I'm avoiding, to get back to the question that kicked off this discussion. Ryan Zimmerman, yep. who oh god, yeah, you know we talked about Justin Smokes first and second half splits. I, I will not have one Ryan Zimmerman team, like not one share. Yeah, I probably won't either. I mean, unless he just goes for outrageously cheap in an auction, I could see that. But yeah, Ryan Zimmerman, um, the first couple months of last season, he looked like an in his prime Miguel Cabrera. The kind of the narrative was, oh, well, he's finally healthy. Look what he can do. Okay, but he's been healthy before, and he never came close to that. And sure enough, the numbers normalized over the course of the season. His BABIP in the second half was 299, much closer to what he's been throughout his career. A little on the low side, but much closer. He hit 269 with an 879 OPS. I mean, that's still starting caliber, but it's clearly not a standout. And for a 33-year-old with a injury history um you know you have to you have to downgrade him even beyond that okay batting line that's ryan zimmerman and and that's kind of why like i haven't been giving sleepers or breakouts but that's why i'm not going to be taking justin smoke as the number 14 first baseman he's going uh he's going right after ryan zimmerman they're in the same round they're both in round 12 they're going ahead of matt olson joey gallo matt carpenter i know matt carpenter and carlos santana are, are not like standouts in roto I'd still rather have them than Smoke. Well, I'd sure. rather have Greg Bird than Every Smoke. Every season before last season, Matt Carpenter was a lot better than Ryan Zimmerman in Roto. Justin Smoke. In Roto. Yeah, I know. I, I And Logan Morrison. I just don't know. Like, you seem well, to Logan have more Morrison's faith. going like 360. Scott, you seem to have more faith in Smoke than Zimmerman. I do. Yeah, I'd rather have Smoke than Zimmerman. I haven't had a reason to draft either yet. Okay. I mean, I think we all probably would rather have Smoke than Zimmerman, right? I've got Zimmerman one spot higher. One spot higher. I don't want either one of them. I won't get either one of them. Okay, and they, I don't know that anybody will be at their ADPs because well, like, somebody Scott will. would rather no have anybody ADP. in this room. <laughs> okay, correct. Because Scott would rather take Matt Olson and uh, yeah. right over Smoke. I mean, I've usually taken Matt Olson by the time somebody takes Justin Smoke. Right. Okay, uh, Bust Heath or uh, Chris Heath. 
Eric Hosmer. <laughs> it's Eric Hosmer. And then, here, I know you hate it when I do this, but I'm going to do this. Uh, Steamer oh is projecting him to be a bust. Like, the projections you would like to be somewhere close to, if he hits 284 with 25 home runs, 75 runs, and 85 RBI, what are the chances that's a top 10 first baseman? Look, I never take Eric Hosmer, but it just seems like the key to him is batting average. If he hits 300, he's probably going to well, be yeah, pretty I'm, good. I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of the whole let's 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 knock down Eric Hosmer thing because I mean I was there last year too. He had this phenomenal year, uncharacteristic home run to fly ball rate that made up for his low fly ball rate and allowed him to hit 25 home runs for the first time. And we're like, oh, well, he can't do it again. Well, he did do it again, you know, and he's he's. He's at that stage of the draft, one of the few players who, um, particularly with the way he's evolved the last couple of years, you feel like you can count on for a good batting average. He was two sixty six the year before last, right? But I'm talking about the last two years. No, the way year before evolved. last, 2016, he was two two sixty six, and then two ninety seven, oh, okay. two seventy three. Yeah, he, two, he alternates batting average. Yeah, he should so he alternates. So he's going to be years. a bad batting average guy this year. <laughs> well, it's but, the key to his success. It is the key. It is the key. He should hit for a high batting average. He should not. He does batting, not hit the ball hard. Profile. He does. He had a twenty nine percent hard contact. He hits rate. a lot of line drives. He um, did last year. The year before, he was sixteen percent. But he drives. hits a lot of ground hitting, balls, hitting, which is good for batting average, right? Yeah, hitting fewer fly balls is good for batting average. That that part is true. It's good for. Well, it's good for BABIP. It's not necessarily good for batting average. Well, it's. I it mean, depends I, on whether you can sustainably hit for power to make up for the lost BABIP. But the thing is, I mean. Not like Scott mentioned the nine, the ten first baseman in points and the ten first baseman in roto that he wants as one of his starters, and he didn't mention Eric Hosmer. And Hosmer is going in round seven. Uh, he's basically like, he's going just after Will Myers, but before Miguel Cabrera. So that's I mean that's I higher than I re- take him. Yeah, Hosmer's sure, I, a bit of a compiler. It it still sounds like when he compiles. That's earlier than I would take him, but it isn't so much earlier that I take him that I'd, I'd feel comfortable calling him a bust. I mean, I'd probably consider taking him around eight or around nine, you know? Okay. Especially if I'm looking to help for help in batting average at that stage of the draft. I would consider it at the 11-12 turn. Can, right. I, uh, can I give my yeah, bust? I'm going to do something that I hate but that you guys love. Good. From September 1st on, Cody Bellinger <laughs> struck out in 34%. Of his plate appearances, including the playoffs, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, no, he, look, he's the most, he's the might, most interesting one because he's the fifth guy off the board. He could be an elite guy. He could be an absolute stud. There's a chance he goes Kyle Schwarber this year. Schwar, I think Bellinger and Hoskins both sitting there in the three-four range have the ability to bust and ruin your team, and have the ability to join those top four yes. or maybe even surpass a few of them this and year. Cody Bellinger could go Chris Bryant, cut the strikeout rate and become a a true talent 290 hitter. I just, when you're drafting that high, there is a little more risk with Cody Bellinger than yeah. so, the guys he's being drafted around. Now I know, Scott, you are the king of the, full the Cody season. Ballinger oh. uh, I have, fan club. I have very few. Well, I don't know that I... That's it. I don't know that I'd call myself that because, you know, I haven't been drafting him a lot. Um, it's not like he's a huge priority for me early in round three. But he struck out a ton in the playoffs. Well, his, he struck out about 30% of the time in September, too. Uh, sometimes but his, these guys his, get tired, though. I mean, they've His never strikeout been. rate in the second half was 
Yeah. Like, he got better as a strikeout hitter over the course of the season until he was facing, like, elite pitchers throughout the playoffs. Or the last month of the season, and he could have, like, it's, I, I don't think, Adam, sometimes these guys get tired, is that? No, it's true, they they do, I, I um, I don't know that in his case he did, but this and is the first time he had played that deep into a season, obviously. Just last just, thing. Like, and, and the, the quality the, of the contact he makes is just absurd. Like he's it's it's right there after Stanton and Judge in terms of how good of a power hitter this guy's going to be. As a twenty one year old, that's what he did. Like Right. So the thing with Bellinger and I think with Hoskins is that they there it's it is a deep position. Mm-hmm. So you do have to ask yourself how risky these guys do you how risky do you think they are and how risky do you wanna be? At a position with a lot of fallback options. Yeah, see, that's that's why I'm being a little disingenuous because I think drafting Cody Bellinger is fine there just because, like I said, you're drafting upside of first base. He clearly has 45, 50 homer upside. But I personally would rather take a guy a little bit later who's hit 34 or more home runs in six straight seasons, 38 or more in three straight seasons, drives in 100 runs every day, every year. I that's Encarnacion. Him and Edwin Encarnacion have risk on opposite ends. One guy's young without an established track record. The other guy's old with an established track record. Yeah, so, I mean, that's it's going to be tough with Bellinger. Like, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm going to be looking more at starting pitching I don't think when I take Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah. Maybe, like, like D. Gordon that's versus Cody thing. Bellinger in a Roto League would be a tough call for me. Probably, probably not for you. You'd I'd rather go, have D. For sure. You two would rather go D, but I'm sure you'd probably go Bellinger, Scott. Yep, yeah, I would. So... Noted Cody Bellinger. Hater. Cody Bellinger is definitely <laughs> not going to win you a, a, a category. D. Gordon very well. Could. Well, he had thirty nine home runs, and yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna win you a category. I would, but getting not by itself. Getting back to the Encarnacion comparison, even in like if both deliver their best case scenario, Cody Bellinger is going to be better. Yeah, he's you know he's going to be closing in on fifty home runs possibly. Okay, then let's go to our ADP review and and take a look at. Uh, where we're at here. Paul Goldschmidt, third, but obviously that we, we like him more around 10th or so overall. Joey Votto, 17th. Brady Freeman, 21st. Anthony Rizzo, 21st. Real quick on Rizzo. Do you think he's just going to hit 290 with 32 home runs again or <laughs> Two, do you think 275? So this is, this is something is. that I was thinking about with Mike Trout last year, and it actually did happen, is we had never seen – yeah, I remember we, you saying that. We've seen the best-case version of most players. We saw the best-case version of Mookie Betts in 2016. We had never seen the best-case version of Mike Trout until last year on a per-game basis. That was the best version of Mike Trout we've ever seen, and he was a monster. We may – Heath kind of said this earlier. Mm-hmm. We may have seen the best version of Anthony Rizzo, and maybe he just hits his 95th percentile every year, but it's probably more likely that he's just kind of – had a very good version of an Anthony Rizzo season for three straight years, and maybe this year is the year that he has a 25% home run to fly ball rate, which he's never done, right? And he yeah. hit 32 home runs in 2014, and that was only in 140 games. So he did have one year where he should have hit more than based 32. On the, based on the skill set, there is 40 homer upside. There is 310 batting average yep. upside. There's 15 is steal MVP upside. upside. Yeah, like there is he if he, if you told me he went 300 with 40 home runs, 100 runs and 120 RBI this year, I, that's not would not be surprising to me. But it wouldn't be surprising for Votto or Freeman either, right? Like they're all no, they're all I, capable I think, of being MVPs. Votto probably doesn't have like 40 homer upside. He probably has a little bit less homer upside than Freeman and uh Rizzo, but More he also he has 340 upside. All right, uh so real quick I know Goldschmidt's number one. Rank Votto, Freeman, Rizzo. That's how they're going in drafts. Rank them. Votto, Freeman, Rizzo for me. 
Freeman. Yeah. I go Freeman, Vado, Rizzo in Roto. Freeman, Rizzo, Vado in points. Um, Vado where, where less you don't in get, points? Yeah. Where, well, because the batting average isn't setting him apart as much. I know he walks a lot. They all walk a lot, though. I Like, the main thing is... If I can help it, I don't want to be the guy who drafts Votto because he's 34. Okay. Like, so right, that's s- the ages now. And I'm yeah. I'm thrilled to draft Joe. I go Votto, Rizzo, Freeman, and points. Votto, Freeman, Rizzo. Votto, Rizzo, Freeman, and points. Votto, Freeman, Rizzo, and Rodoto. Okay. Cody Bellinger is going 26th overall. Very beginning of round three. Um, and, then and that's why I'm not drafting To look at the Cody other Bellinger. guys who are going there, J.D. Martinez, Strasburg, Springer, Donaldson, Cindergaard, D. Gordon. Um, you know, and, you that's know. a risky part of the draft. A little bit. Uh, we've got five first basemen off the board. Jose Abreu, kind of by himself, thirty eighth overall. We're into round four. Just two ninety with thirty one homers, hundred RBIs. Yeah, I'm not doing that in roto. Why not? I, I He's think better that's... in roto than points, right? Because he doesn't walk. I really like to shore up that batting average in the early rounds because it's hard to make up for a 260, 270 hitter um, later on. And he's a 290 is, guy. Yeah, Maybe exactly. 300. Like, that's the thing. And that's because he's not, like, a 300 hitter. I don't feel like he gets enough credit for his batting average contribution. And, and but he's reliably 290. Here's the, the thing. Just looking at last season's results, there was basically no difference between Jose Abreu and Anthony Rizzo. No. So in that, from, from a that, roto context, head to head, I mean Rizzo walks a lot more, strikes yes. out less. But from a from a rotisserie context or a categories context, they were basically the same guys. So in that context, Abreu looks like a pretty decent value, but he doesn't have the upside that we talked about with Rizzo. Okay, um, then we have Reese Hoskins and Edwin Encarnacion, basically back to back as the seventh and eighth first baseman off the board. Who do you guys like better, Hoskins or Encarnacion? Hoskins. I have Hoskins ranked higher because I do think that there is uh, more upside there, but I've got them both right at the end of the third. I have Hoskins higher because I'm in the I'm the ageist now. Now and, and yeah. they also it happened. Hoskins yep. is also outfield eligible, which helps. Yep. Um, Will Myers is the ninth first baseman off the board. Now there's a big gap from Hoskins and Encarnacion, about 20 picks. And then we get to Will Myers, 67th overall. But what I want to point out about Myers is uh, he went from 193 RBIs plus runs in 2016 to 154 last year. 39 fewer RBIs and runs. The Padres were by far the worst lineup in baseball. So I think you could say that Eric Hosmer should help Will Myers with those counting stats. absolutely. And he will get outfield eligibility as well. I would say he'll help him more with RBI than runs because I would expect Myers going to hit behind behind Hosmer. Okay. So, um, you know, Myers – Went from just see where he was. I think he was like number six, one year. To, oh, and that sorry. lineup in general is I'll so young. There we go. And had so much turnover last year that they should be better overall. Like, you know, they got a good month out of Jose Perella. Maybe he turns that into, you know, a a good half season. Myers was the number eight first baseman in points in 2016. Number five in Roto. Number 14 in points. Number 12 in Roto last year. But he has been top two in steals at the position at first base each of the last two years. Yep. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, you know he's going to hurt you in batting average, but he and Goldschmidt are the only two first basemen that can make a, a real difference in stolen bases. So that's round six for Will Myers. The tenth first baseman off the board is Hosmer in round seven. Miguel Cabrera, early round eight. He's 11th off the board. 
Ian Desmond is the 12th off the board, and this is three rounds later. So we got a gap from Miguel Cabrera to Ian Desmond. I guess Ian Desmond is somebody who could help you in steals, too. Yep. It's just what do you guys think about game. him? 12th first baseman off the board. 12th true first baseman. That's too high for me. Like, Honestly, I think I'd rather have the Zimmerman-Smoke duo than him, which, I mean, you know, they're they're well back. There's some other first baseman, Matt Olson, that you could slot ahead of Desmond. Like, Desmond is just kind of a Hail Mary if you need Steele's help. He he is someone, though, who, playing a Coors, playing in that lineup, playing presumably near the top of that lineup, if he does have a bounce-back season, he could be a great value there. He yeah, I mean, fifth-round pick. I'm looking at what he did last year, and, like, if you put that over 150 games, and maybe that's not realistic, but he had played at least 154 games four seasons in a row before last year. You're looking at, what, a 25-steal guy? 15 homers, 25 steals, 90 runs in RBI? And a respectable 90 runs, average. 80 RBI? And no, he hit 274, but he could be better. He only hit 265 at home. However, he's he better on the road. He did have a 345 Babbitt. Which is, so but you would you expect a high Babbitt. Right, but you can't really expect much more than that. So no. he does need to start. I could expect him to hit better than 265 at home. He needs he to hit the ball out of the park on the road. He needs to hit the ball out of the park a little bit more. Which means he's got, can't, he can't have that 63 ground. And I would not expect he again. would. Like, Very interesting I mean, player, Normally though. he's been 53, and 63 is a drastic most, change. Most of it was he also – his line drive collapsed to 17%. Right. Again, though, he, this is a guy who missed spring training in the early part of the season with a broken hand and then got hurt midseason. So, look, two years ago, Ian Desmond – was a top 10 first baseman. He was ninth in points. He was seventh in Roto. He's always going to be better in Roto because, one, he steals, and, two, his plate discipline's terrible. So keep that in mind. Um, all right, he moving also, on. He might not have an everyday job. Yeah, after, there are a lot of guys. Yeah, right? I April mean, 15th. They could bring, if, if David Dahl could make the roster, Raimel Tapia could make the roster. Gerardo Parra gets back from that injury Mark relatively Reynolds gets quick. re-signed. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. And the thing is, prior to 2017, no, prior to 2016, we were writing Desmond off then, too, and he had this resurgent season with the Rangers that earned him this big contract with the Rockies that disappointed us again. Like, there's, well, there's he was not basically, a lot of reason the for The disappointment last year was he was hurt. No, he wasn't very, if he he wasn't very good. If he would have hit 274 with 25 steals, 90 that runs, and 80 RBI, he would have been a top 12 first baseman. No, but it would have been. Maybe in Roto, but not in But it would have been a disappointment relative to where he was being drafted last year. And, like, I don't think. He was like, going, like, third or fourth round Steals are worth two points sure. apiece in points leagues. Asmund, Ian Desmond with his 15 steals and. Well, this ADP is only in Roto. Like. Ryan Healy was better than Desmond on a per-game basis. Yeah, but you know he's bad in points. In Roto, he would have led the position. He is not being drafted this high in points. He was not bad in points when he was good with the Rangers, too. But you know he's worse in points. Fine. But, like, you can't just say, like, if he's that bad in points, he's not that good in rotisserie. I don't think any of us likes him at his current. Sure. And and, right around there. Oh, you do? Like, I don't love him there. I'm not saying that's a great value, but that's about where I've got him. All right, moving on. Ryan Zimmerman. This round 12 is interesting. There's two guys that we're probably not taking here. Ryan Zimmerman and Justin Smoke. Ugh. Not that we don't want them at all, but not in round 12. I don't want them at all. And then it's Matt Olson and Joey Gallo. And depending on who you draft with. And those were two breakouts. So de- Depending on who you draft with, I haven't seen Matt Olson go that early. Me either. I've seen him go like, I, I think I've taken him around 10th maybe. But we've seen Joey Gallo go in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one one person we mocked well, with but, a lot. But that's... Really I think Joey Gallo. Gallo is going to be one of those guys that people either he's their guy or he's not. 
Yeah, he's either, not for me. You are going to draft him, and you're going to draft <laughs> him well Heath. before the 12th yep. round, or you're just not going to draft him at all. It just depends on what you think of the talent. The talent is it's kind of unlike anything we've seen in baseball before. And, and I feel that way about Matt Olson too. It's like the guy does one thing, right? He homers. We decided when we did the sophomore slump show that the safest guys are the ones that have – Good skill sets that do a lot of things. Yeah, and, and he plays in a really bad part. And I'm nervous for a about guy it. who has to rely on a lot of home runs because if he has ten balls that get caught on the warning track, all of a sudden he's barely playable. But this is Scott's breakout, so I don't want to dump on Scott's breakout or Heath's yeah, breakout. Joey Gallo. If you, if you don't think Matt Olson's good, I just round You're twelve, wrong. like round fifteen, would be nice. There, round twelve, there's, is, I, there's not, not really. that much risk in round twelve. Though. Yeah, I, I like Olson in round eleven, yeah. and, Roto, and I like Gallo in round nine. So. And then you got, like, I would take both these guys ahead of them, Matt Carpenter and Carlos Santana, even in Roto. Now, I'm sure Carpenter and Santana in points over Smoke, Zimmerman, Olsen, Gallo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But in Roto, like, Matt Carpenter, I, think know, I have I, more faith in them. I think we're under underplaying Matt Carpenter's upside in Roto. For sure. Uh, I mean, you 17th look at first baseman off the board. 2015, 272, 28 homers, 101 runs, 84 RBI. That's a really good season. 2016, he Ama- missed thir- amazing he missed, before the oblique injury, and he missed 33 games total, and still ended up 271, 21 homers, 81 runs, 68 RBI. You just you extrapolate that out to 155 games, which is he played 155 games three straight years before the last two. He played 145 last year. He's got injury concerns. He's dealing with a back injury right now, but if he plays 150 games, there is. There's huge upside here. Look, you can make the case for any of these guys as your as your utility. We don't necessarily want them as our starters, but as a corner infielder or utility, Olsen, Gallo, Carpenter, Santana, Smoke, Zimmerman, and then we get to Greg Bird, we get to Eric Thames, Josh Bell, Justin Bohr. Greg Bird is another player. Who I love Greg Bird. Yeah. Will not be he will definitely not be drafted hundred and sixty fourth. He will either Earlier. be drafted hundred and twentieth or two hundredth. They are so high on Greg Bird. Like, I think he's going to hit in between Judge and Stanton. and uh, He like, may start out the season hitting between those guys. Yeah. I He also may I strike like, out more than either of them. Like, I'll, I, I'm going to be the Greg Bird guy because he's going behind everybody here. I'm going to take Greg Bird. Uh, you know, yeah. I, obviously I'll take Santana and Carpenter ahead of him in points. The, the stretch where we saw him healthy, where he did all his damage last year, he didn't strike out that much. It was like a 20% rate. Uh, and then he struck out a lot in the playoffs when he was facing, kind of like I said for Bellinger, elite pitchers constantly. So I, I give him a pass for that. I don't think he's, I don't think he's that bad of a strikeout hitter, and we know he's a great walks guy. So, um, well, he struck out a lot in 2016 as well. 2015. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna draft Greg Bird if I'm in a league where somebody likes him 120th. But if if he falls to like the 200 range, there is a ton of upside there in that lineup. It's just a matter of him staying healthy and playing consistently against left-handers. Who else could you guys see? Yeah, that is a concern for sure. Who else could you guys see uh, dra- yourself drafting? Thames, Josh Bell. Bell. Yeah, Justin Bohr, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. Mm-hmm. Yuli Gurriel, we already talked about, good for batting average. And a lot of these guys, kind of like Joey Gallo or, or Greg Bird, their average is somewhere, but the actual place that they're going to get drafted, I feel like it tends to be a lot later with these guys. Like, Eric Thames at 182, I don't think I've seen him go there. Well, Eric ever. Thames, like, I was kind of excited to draft Eric Thames early in draft season because 
it, it just seemed like nobody wanted him. And, and understandably, but like worth the gamble at the point you could get him, especially since he's dual eligible. Um, but then this whole, uh, they traded for Christian Yelich, signed Lorenzo Cain. Where does Domingo Santana play? Oh, Ryan Braun can play some first base. Like, where does that leave Eric Thames? I, I, I don't know that he's a priority in the Brewers' lineup. Probably sitting but. against lefties. He batted 182 yep. against them. Yep, and that's that's not good. And that's he did not, sit against lefties a lot last year. Yeah, so. that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it in mixed league. All right, so. so keep an eye on Josh Bell. Sorry, I'm just trying to wrap it yep, up, guys. Sure. I apologize. Keep an eye on Josh Bell. Um, Thames, yeah, sure. Uh, Chris Davis, he still wants to take a chance on him. He's going super late. Yep. We're not as excited about Justin Bohr now, right? With everything going I, on. I would still draft Justin Bohr in this range. Okay. Um, who's got the best chance of just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. He's having a good year. Albert Pujols, Hanley Ramirez, Logan Morrison, Brandon Belt. I mean, Albert Pujols might drive in 110 runs again. Yeah, I think it's Pujols. I, I'm, I'm worried about Hanley's playing time. I'm worried about Hanley's playing time. But he's on the TB12 method, guys. <laughs> he's looking slim. <laughs> I'm going to say... I mean, if we're including him, Lomo, Logan Morrison, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he nearly hit 40 homers last year and uh, was a fly ball revolution guy. I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion he won't do it again. What? Yonder Alonso, 365. I mean, he had the second half slump, but he's playing in a great park and a great lineup. Should play pretty much every day in Cleveland. How about Dominic Smith? Any hope for him, or do you want to see it first? The, There's hope. The Mets do not seem to like him is my concern there. Yeah, like Adrian um, Gonzalez, I believe is considered the starting first baseman. The starting first yes. baseman right now. Now that you know, until his back gives out, yeah, but well, it, it won't last. They seem, but they have Jay Bruce, who they showed a willingness like, to play at first base. Yeah. They they seem to have put as many obstacles as possible in front of Dominic Smith I'd, getting an everyday job. I don't see them so much as obstacles, though, as just contingencies because he dis- Dominic Smith disappointed him when he got the call last year. But they they have so much invested in him; they're not just going to move on from him it's just now they have like if he's not if he doesn't light it up in spring training okay we go with Aegon. and if he still doesn't line it up at triple a okay we shift bruce over when conforto's ready return i i still think dominic smith's the long-term plan though we shouldn't like totally act like adrian gonzalez is just gone he's gone. He's, he's not he's a gone for, fan, for fantasy purposes he is, it was right? one i year. drafted him in the nl only league yesterday it, it was one year what did he how many home runs did he hit the year before he hit 18 home runs yeah, drove was, in 90 runs on an obvious decline. he was eric cosmer 285 18 home runs 90 rbi and if eric cosmer was 36 and was coming off a but a season i'm where just saying yeah, back 18, that cosmer was the only year. year since 2005 that he didn't play 150 games all right uh, all right, I think that's uh, that basically does it for first base. Yeah, yeah cool. Shh. Talk about your stupid Creed take tomorrow. Um, stay <laughs> tuned for our mailbag plus news. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Was that mean? You've put me in my own prison. <laughs> uh, oh, Creed. Oh, the, the band Creed. No, that's great. Good job. Um, so anyway, that's tomorrow. And that's it for today. <laughs> Did you get that reference? That's what Bill O'Reilly says on his famous uh, meltdown. Um, We'll talk to you then. Fantasy Baseball at uh, CBSI.com. Bye. Great great outro. Bye. (laughs) Bye.